You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings. Welcome inside Hour 3 of the program. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes today. Happy 4th of July Eve. As today is a huge day. Yes, Hamilton showed up today, which is very exciting. But today is a huge day in Major League Baseball as finally, Rob, we're going to get some pageantry, some celebration. Players started reporting to camps on Wednesday, took their coronavirus test. Today, you have many different sports entities planning long coverage. And we're going to get interviews with players. We're going to see them working out and to actually see the players on the field and hear them talk about things like how they expect so-and-so to work out at shortstop this year or their bullpen is going to be so much fun. Yes, there will be a lot of COVID-19 talk, and clearly that's going to be the talk. But to get a little bit of sense of normalcy now, I feel like we're at like Phase two of sports now, where at least we've gotten a team sport back in. They're going to be on the field getting ready to try to play. I'm with you. I agree. And uh, it just, uh, you know, we're, we're closer, like three weeks away from uh, opening day and the whole idea of trying to get uh, some normalcy back in our life. Baseball's always been a part, Jason, of uh, trying times. And, and, and we can remember 9-11 and George Bush coming out on the mound at Yankee Stadium. Do you remember throwing that pitch in game three? Mm-hmm. And, and, and people being able to settle back. Baseball's done that. Uh, even in wartime, that's where the national anthem started getting played at baseball games as, uh, as like uh, to, to, to rally the troops and, and, and bring up the morale of the country. So uh, baseball being the sport coming back, in this fashion. That's the way I look at it. It will be a return to some sort of normalcy. I know it'll be different because there won't be fans in the stands, but but people will be able to sit down in their living rooms, uh, have dinner or something, and turn on the set and be able to go like, okay, I'm watching my team. I'm, there's a ball game tonight. You know, I got something to do for the next two or three hours and, uh, and feel like life is somewhat uh, returning back to some semblance of normalcy. So I'm excited. I agree. All the stuff coming out, all the conversations. We're starting to talk about the season. You got two really, really good teams in the Dodgers and Yankees who I picked before this whole thing happened. And and who knows, you know, uh, how it shakes out. Does some surprise team comes in? The Houston Astros get off the hook because they won't have to face fans all over Baseball America this year. What if they win? What if the Houston Astros win, Jason? Have you thought about that? (laughs) Joining us now on the hotline for more on these stories, USA Today Baseball Insider. You can follow him on Twitter, at B Nightingale. It's Bob Nightingale. Bob, good morning, man. What's happening? Yeah, good. Hey, Jason. Hey, Rob. What's up? The best baseball writer in the country, Bob Nightingale. Point blank. Wow. He's going to borrow money from you now, Bob. So just, just so you know. Check's cutting, Rob. Bob, what kind of set of normalcy are we going to – how much normalcy are we going to get with this with this train summer training camp now is where we're going? We'll see. I mean, uh, this afternoon they're going to announce how many uh, positive tests there were among players and staffers. You're talking about about 1,600 players, about 400 staff members. So, I mean, I would assume that we'd over have over a uh, 100 positive tests very easily. So, I think baseball is bracing themselves for that. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, the, uh, the COVID cases now are, you know, spiking everywhere. We're having record highs now. 
particularly the uh, you know you know where you live in California, Arizona, Florida, Texas. Right. So we're just kind of keeping our fingers crossed and see if we get it, see if we get a season. But at least we're going to try. Yeah, I think that it's important uh, for these sports to try. I guess in a perfect world, if there weren't all this TV money and millions to be lost, Bob, right? You could just call it a day and come back next year. But I don't think the networks want that. I don't think that the owners want that or the players not to try. And if it doesn't work out or it becomes a thing, you just shut it down. But I think that at this point, am I right that they just have to try to see if they could put this together? Yeah, see what happens. You know, they, uh, they said the big test will be on uh, the first week or 10 days at spring training camp. And then the big test, of course, is when the, uh, if they get that far, you know, when the season opens up on uh, July 23rd, as far as when guys are traveling on, on planes at different hotels, then uh, that's, that's going to be a big test, too, that, that, those first week of games. Bob, is that's a big deal. If the, if we wind up getting that magic number of a hundred positive COVID nineteen tests, is this is this a concerning number? Is this an expected number? Like like like, what's the reaction going to be if it gets out? A hey, certainly, there's more players in baseball than other sports, but a hundred's a lot of a lot of players. Yeah, I think they're expecting at least a hundred. You know, if you go by uh, you know the NBA, I think it was twenty five positive tests over about. You know, 325, 350 players. So just if you go by the same percentage, I think baseballs, you know, certainly brace themselves for for at least 100. Now, if you get over 200, that that that's concerning. And if they, if it's less than 100 or whatever, then you'd be like, okay, we might be able to make this work. I mean, yeah. I, 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 the the other thing is, if we get there, opening day. Um, I brought up earlier in the show, Bob, that, uh, you know, some people say it's not a legitimate season. The late, great Sparky Anderson, of course, manager with the Cincinnati Reds and Detroit Tigers. He used to always talk about each team wins 60, each team loses 60, and it's the 42 kind of other games that really determine, you know, uh, you know the, how good a team is or whatever. Can we see the best teams after 60 games, or is there a chance that some fluky team, the Florida Marlins, just get off to a great start and play well, and they're in the World Series? Or do you expect the Dodgers and Yankees, the teams that have the best rosters, to be those teams even in a a short season like this? I think we'll definitely see some flukes in there, and I think we'll see some some good, if not great, teams get left out. Uh, Anything can happen 60 games. I really can. I mean, like Ryan Brown was telling me the other day, you know, think about it. This is going to be the first season of baseball history where no team will be mathematically limited in, by September. He's right. Uh, <laughs> Except for the Marlins, I think. <laughs> even the Marlins, even in 60 games, I think they're out. No? no. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, the uh, the thing is, too, is that a, uh, it's only 10-game uh, postseason. So if it was a 16-team, uh, uh, okay, we'll definitely, we'd hit, definitely have more flukes. But I don't think we'd be in danger of having some great teams left out. But with 10-team 10, uh, 10 postseason, that can certainly happen. Hey, Bob, uh, we, we talk about the teams there. And we're going to see crazy things happen. Give me percentage. We talked about this with NBA players. Percentage of players who are excited for the season, ready to go, ready to play, want to win a championship, versus percentage of players who are here, okay, we're going to try it, and the minute things start looking bad, I'm ready to pull out, or I'm just going to go through the motions here for a couple months. I think, you know, generally there's, you know, uh, you know well over you know, 60, 70% of guys are excited, but by the same 
measure, I would think 67% of those guys are apprehensive too. Uh, you know, several players are saying, you know, how are we going to pull this off? You know, it'd be a miracle we get 60 games in. So I think, you know, people see what's going on. It's like a, uh, you know, with the, with the way the cases are surging throughout. Uh, you know, I'm not sure of all the talk about baseball and unions saying, well, you know, we've wasted all this time. I'm not sure they could have played before this anyway. And, uh, you know, who knows if they can even play now. Yeah, I- I'm with you. How about some of the, the rule changes Universal DH, I grew up as a National League fan in New York. I like National League baseball, not not that keen on the DH. And and the idea, I don't know, Bob, was there that many ex, uh, extra inning games that, that we have to put a runner on second base to, to make sure the game is over quickly? Is, is, is that really what we needed to do? I don't remember uh, people going, oh, my God, another extra inning game I have to sit through. Well, are you cool with these changes? Well, the uh, you know the one thing about the uh, you know DH with you know, so many games in league now, you got you know uh, twenty or sixty games are interleagues. So it had to do with DH, so you know that's coming. Uh, the extra inning thing, I think it's going to be around uh, not beginning the tenth inning, but I bet later on maybe twelfth or thirteenth in years to come. Uh, yeah, I mean baseball purists, of course, hate it. But the one thing that's been brought to my attention, I remember doing a roundtable a year ago with uh, Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. And I think it was Rizzo who said, and I never thought of it, you know, think about it, of the four major sports, we have the most boring overtime. And, you know, I thought, you know what? When, when the ninth inning is over, fans stream for the exits. You know, Rob, you know how everybody's moaning and groaning in the press box. And they go, right. oh, not, they're not reading. <laughs> so at least this provides some excitement. You know, the one rule I think is going to come to bite baseball is, is the rule of uh, three batter minimum rule. Yeah, you know, I don't like, like that okay. either. What if a guy stinks or doesn't have it? I know, and particularly in a short season, and guys, let's be honest, guys are not going to be ready when the season starts. If you're three weeks of spring training, so you could easily see some guy coming in, bases loaded situation, and walking three straight guys or getting up a home run. You know, the three straight guys uh, too too often. Something like this is going to cost teams games. Yeah, everything you guys have mentioned the last 45 seconds, none of that is good news for the Mets. Nothing, none, none of that is going to be good Playing for the Mets. is not good news for the Mets. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, maybe says that's but it should be healthy, so that should be fine. He was not going to be healthy, so we'll see. And he can be a DH. You know, one thing we, we could see, Bob, are we going to see potentially with all the changes, because the batters, the, the three batter minimum, everybody wants to save their bullpens. Could we see an expa- a full-time expansion of rosters for that? Hey, you can carry more pitchers because, look, the game has evolved. Nobody goes seven innings anymore. So we, we, we kind of need to ha- maybe have more of an active roster as well. Yeah, we're going to start off with uh, 30 guys, and then after two weeks, 28 and after a month, back to 26 for the rest of the year. So, yeah, at the beginning, you know, we'll see about, you know, 15 pitchers on, on the staff for sure. Uh, you know, just because guys have been going four or five innings yeah, from the get-go. Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you what, with the 60-game schedule, though, I think we'll see managers be much more aggressive, too, managing almost like the postseason. Where you yank your starter, if you don't think he has it, you know, bring a starter in relief, things like that. But, Bob, also, there's a trading deadline and everything – I don't know if everybody's in the mix and not going to be eliminated. Does that mean that there are more trades or no trades? Because why would you be helping or why would you be giving up 
anybody. Could we have no trades because everybody's in the mix? Do you see what I'm saying? Nobody would be dumping out of this. Yeah, no, I, I go on the uh, no trade side. <clears throat> I mean, like you said, nobody, everybody will be in the mix. And remember, everybody says, well, why would I trade for a guy for just two months and give up prospects? Right. Well, no, you're trading for a guy for 27 days. And that's, you know, that's if there's a postseason. Who knows if that will even happen? So, I mean, the Dodgers would have made the Mookie Betts David Price deal if they knew there was only 60 games in a season. So, yeah, I, I think we'll have very, very few trades. I really do. And remember now, all these trades to involve prospects. Well, there's no minor leagues going on. So nobody's seen any prospects for a year. So, yeah, I, I see very few. He's on Twitter at B Nightingale. That is at B Nightingale, USA Today, MLB insider extraordinaire. Bob, as always, appreciate your time with us. Have a great Thanks, weekend. Bob. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure. See you, Rob. See you, Jason. All right. All right. They're great stuff with Bob, as always. I mean, and you know, listen, if uh, you wonder about the optic, Rob, of, of seeing 100 positive COVID-19 tests. Now, once you get past that and you get past the headline, it's OK, there's a lot more players and it's understandable. And all right, we're, we're going to move on past this. But this is going to be the fascinating part of baseball and basketball, which is you are seeing the two sports trying to come back with two completely different philosophies of how it's going to be done, right? You have Major League Baseball that's saying teams are going to train in their cities and they're going to train with each other and then we're going to play games and we're going to teams are going to fly and, and they're going to travel and we're going to play. And then you have the NBA, which is saying everybody's in a bubble. No one's traveling. No one's flying anywhere. We're going to play games in front of no fans. This is how it's going to work. And whichever one winds up working better, whichever one keeps the COVID-19 test down, I guarantee you when the winter sports come back, whether it's the NFL or college football or college basketball, you know, you're going to go with whatever one works. If the yeah. NBA bubble idea works and the and the COVID-19 tests are down, those sports are going to have to find a way to play in a bubble. Conversely, if baseball works this way, hey, we got it under control. Everything is outdoors. It, it's all right. Everybody's going to go with that one. This this is going to be, to me, one of the most fascinating things to follow. It's like a big science experiment over the next couple of weeks. Which so, way is better? Which way is our way forward? So basically you're saying the uh, MLB and NBA are guinea pigs. Cause, they are. <laughs> And they really, are. They don't. They. They. We don't know. We don't know, and we don't know. And I think Bob's taking a, a a guess, and he's right. If a certain amount of NBA players, you just do the percentages. So, so nobody should be a gasp if it's a hundred players. You know what I mean? That would be on par. The question would be if it was two or three hundred players, then you would have to go. Wait a minute. Is this going to work, yeah. or if this going to happen? So, if that number is a hundred, we are expecting it today, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you know what? And that's one thing that I think everybody needs to give players and un to understand them coming back a little bit more now. You, you have MLB and NBA players who are going to play now, and there's going to be big-time positive COVID-19 tests, right? They are now going into an atmosphere where they are susceptible to getting COVID-19. Now, step back for a second and think about our lives. You know, we're lucky, you know, and, and, and many people across the country are lucky in that what we do for a living – managers and bosses are able to say, okay, let's figure out how you can work remotely and, and not have to come into the office and, and you can social distance and we can still keep our jobs going. And, you know, here at Fox, you know, they, they gave us all machines to, to do stuff out of our, our homes in and, and our home offices, which has been great. And many businesses across the country are doing the same thing. People are working from home and they're, they're you know, they're, they're staying safe and that's awesome. 
Now think about players. Yes, they get paid a lot of money. They do all these things. They have no choice but to go into an atmosphere that they could get COVID-19 where they are put into a circumstance where they could wind up getting it because people they are working with, they're going to have to work in close quarters with, there's no way around it, and they are going to make themselves susceptible to getting COVID-19. Not Think how fortunate that you are if you don't have to do that. Athletes, NBA and MLB players don't have that choice, Rob. They have to go. If they want to play, this is what they have to do. So you are going and putting your health at risk to play because this is the only way forward for them. So I think in the end, when we talk about these, oh, yeah, the players will be okay. They'll be No, that's very big mentally to weigh on you because they're going in to play these games. That's on everybody's mind. Look, it's like, it's like you and I go into a store, right? If you and I go to a store with masks on, are we going in and browsing in, in Target or going to the grocery grocery store like we used to. Hey, we're here for a few minutes having fun. I'm going to grab a donut off the, uh, you know, out, out of the out of the bakery rack and eat it on the way. Maybe I pay for it. Maybe I don't. You know, I mean, all those guys. I might are, eat it during uh, yeah. my trip in the supermarket and I just <laughs> forgot that I had it. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean that. Yeah. As you crumple the uh, the piece of plastic up. Exactly. Or the chocolate icing on my mustache. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a donut? No, not me. Oh, not me. Uh, sir, can you look in the mirror, sir? Uh, you know, but that... But but we don't do that anymore. But that's what players are doing going to work every day, going into that atmosphere. How do you feel when you go to a store now? It's like, I got to get my stuff and get out. I don't want to be next to somebody. I, I, I want to get home and I'm going to feel better. And you're talking about players having to play sports under those same circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it will be different. Um, but but this is all uncharted waters. So So I think – People will just, just the way, Jason, that you talked about it, that we've had to adjust our lives, right? Like for me, during the, during the, the, the heart of this uh, pandemic, me going, getting in my car, driving to go get a Diet Coke from McDonald's was my day. That was the only <laughs> thing I had to look forward to, to get some fresh air. Do you know what I mean? And you would go back for free refills. Yeah. You know, no, you would. They, they, you would, would, say, they would say, uh, you cannot do that. You need to buy another drink you can't use the same cup and that's so so that 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 really hurt me because i couldn't get my free refills i think but, that's my but but my, we did change our lives do you know what yeah. i mean oh, and, of that, course and that's did. what the players will have to do if they want to be professional athletes and earn a living yeah. they'll have to work around it mm. you know and just real quick i think that's my favorite so someone says what's your favorite rob parker story from knowing i'm gonna say oh it's easily this one when you know right up the street from us is el pollo loco <laughs> right it's it's big place where everybody goes there gets something to eat we can walk out of the studio walk up to el pollo loco get some food and come back so one day rob goes up before the beginning of the of, of the odd couple show and he gets you know, dinner and, you know, and comes back. And then at the end of the show, when, when I'm coming in to do, to do, to do my show, you're leaving. And I go, why are you going that when you go, Oh, well, I still got my Apoyo Loco cup. I'm going to go up and get a refill before what? I get on the road. And I'm like, there was three hours ago. You went to El Pollo Loco. There's no time limit. When, when I see the, when I see free refills, it doesn't say you have to get it within the first 15 minutes or of your meal. I ate my meal there. I have my cup. I have my receipt. It's not like I did it a day ago. No, no. I'm entitled to a refill. 
Twitter at how about a fresca Rob at Rob Parker FS1. Uh, we're in for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, that that's clearly that is my favorite Rob Parker story of all time. Uh, coming up next, oh boy, do we have a burgeoning controversy in the National Football Uh-oh. League that I think we can see how it's going to end. Rob and I'll tell you about it coming up next right here, Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Today's show brought to you by Mercedes-AMG Driving Performance. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes today. And uh, a couple of uh, late-breaking stories that we have here coming for you here. Happy 4th of July, Eve. Uh, Number one, we talked about this earlier in the show. You maybe saw the headline yesterday that FedEx, that sponsors uh, Washington Redskins FedEx Field, wants the Redskins to change their nickname. Now, there's been a long debate about how the racist overtones of the Redskins nickname, and Daniel Snyder has beat it back at every turn for the past few years, but now... The way the world is going, just because something was accepted and around for a long time, doesn't mean it was a good idea. Will Daniel Snyder be faced with having to make that change? Well, the Redskins just put out a statement today. I'm going to read you from it for a couple of seconds here. And it says, in light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. This review formalizes the initial discussions the team has been having with the league in recent weeks. Dan Snyder is quoted as saying, the process allows the team to take into account not only the proud tradition and history of the franchise, but also input from our alumni, the organization, sponsors, the NFL, and the local community it is proud to represent on and off the field. So here you go, Rob Parker. It, we, we talked about it. it the, the way what, the world what did is I say going, to you? The way this is going, the, it, it's just a matter of time. The, the nickname is going to be it's changed. Done. It's it, happening. Stick a fork in it. I know people don't want to believe it. The idea that the that Washington and Schneider were put together a uh, press release talking about you don't review it. He could have said what could he have said, Jason? It ain't happening. Yeah. It ain't happening under my watch. He could have ignored it. You can't ignore FedEx, a big sponsor that has its name on your stadium. You can't ignore Pepsi. You can't ignore Nike, which has removed your merchandise from its its uh, website and other sporting goods stores, which would follow. You can't ignore it. The financial pressure always wins. Always. I remember when the state of Arizona didn't vote for the Martin Luther King holiday. Do you remember that, Jason? Mm -hmm. And the NFL showed up and they said, okay, you will never get another Super Bowl. You know how much money is pumped into an economy for a Super Bowl? Guess what? The people of Arizona went to the polls and voted for the Martin Luther King holiday for it to be a paid holiday in the state of Arizona because of the financial pressures. Daniel Schneider stuck out his chest, talked a big game when there was no money on the line, when nobody was going to push back other than having to fend off some Native Americans who were protesting. Then all of a sudden, the big boys showed up. And guess what? They got gobs and gobs of money. 
And they're saying, we're going to take these gobs and gobs of money away from you if you don't do what's right. Look at the climate in this country. Things are changing every day, Jason. I never thought I would see the Confederate flag come off the state flag in Mississippi or not be welcome at a NASCAR event. These things are happening. So I'm not surprised at how quickly this has turned because it didn't take that long, did it, once the money was talked about being pulled back. Yeah, it's, you know, it's money and it's also the timing because let's just say FedEx decided in 2012, 2011, hey, we want Washington Redskins to change their name. And this was a story that Daniel Snyder has fought against for most of the aughts, the early teens in the country. And what happened? He was able to win at every turn. He would come out with some kind of poll that says, hey, the vast majority of Native Americans like the fact that we have the team named the way it is and and it's really a very small number of people he would find a way even with the money because fedex would say we don't want to do it daniel snyder would say okay i'll get somebody else who will because that's what would have happened because it was still the nfl and that's the way the world was it does it suck that it took this long to make changes like this to to have things you know for old miss and running rebels and all these nicknames that that had a really bad connotation to to be reviewed and changed over Yeah, it should have happened a long time ago, but this is where we're at right now. Because of the way the country's at, it's the combination of, well, the money comes through because now here's FedEx saying we'll pull the money and no one else is going to jump in because, whoa, this is a hot-button topic. We're not going to be involved in controversy here. If if FedEx pulls out and another company jumps in, they're going to say, whoa, you're you're promoting a racist brand and and, and a racist nickname. We're not going to partake in your company and you wind up losing money. So it's the combination of the money and the right time because now the time is there to say, hey, this is no longer acceptable and we need to make change here. And I get the the, the pushback from some people saying, we got to change everything, everything. Just because something was accepted and around for a long time doesn't mean it was a good idea. And 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 that's where we're at right now. We're at that point where we are pushing through it saying, okay, let's make a let's go through all these things and say, this was really a bad idea. Let's change this. Let's change this. Let's change this. And and, and the other thing that I hear all the time where people pushing back, you can't erase history. I'm not for erasing history and things. that. No, no, no. Nobody's saying that we're erasing history. But we don't need to celebrate bad people and bad situations and things that went on when we know better. We know better now. Why are we celebrating Confederate traitors, right, who are traitors to this country? Why would we celebrate them? Why do we have the names on buildings of people who were bad people and slave owners and did bad things to bad people? We all know the history. We know. Let's correct it. It doesn't mean that, that we're, going, we're going to say that we're, we're going to act like nothing ever happened and, and not acknowledge it, but we don't need to celebrate it. That's all. It ain't about a race in history. That's a lame excuse of people who are trying to hold on to things. You know what? In Washington, D.C., there was a team called the Washington Bullets. And Abe Poland, who was the owner, do you remember what was going on in D.C., Jason? Oh, remember, was it was an lot, epidemic. Was people of, were yeah. getting killed yeah. left and right in D.C. And, and he said, I don't want my team to be called the Bullets. And he changed it to the Wizards. And you know what everybody did in D.C.? They bought new jerseys. That's what they did. It was just that simple. And you move on. And the same thing when it comes to Washington Nick's nick, nickname. 
You'll go out. You'll put a new name on it. Everybody will go buy new jerseys. Uh, 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 there'll be a windfall for Daniel Snyder in that organization. And you just move on. That was a part of the history. It was there before. No one's not going to say uh, that when uh, years ago when Washington beat a, a certain team in the Super Bowl, yes, that's what they were called back then, but now they have a new name. I don't understand what people are holding on to. I really don't. And, and for Daniel Snyder, this is how it's going to play out for him. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, he's going to survive this. Yes, he has pushed against the name change for a while, but it's not like he brought the Redskins into the league and he says, this is our name and this is what we're doing. He's going to now, by putting this statement out, saying we're going to review the nickname. Of our, he's just making it seem like I'm taking charge of this now. Right? Like, like now I'm in charge he's of this. I, I'm in charge no of this. Doubt, How no am doubt I going to do this? It. This is what I'm I wanted to make it seem like it's my idea. You know, hey, I've heard from, I've heard the fans. Now it's my idea to make this decision because it's my football team because I own it. And I'm going to make this decision and we're going to and we're going to have a name change. It's gonna happen. Is it gonna happen in time for this year? No. But no, I would no, say no, most likely for that. the twenty for the twenty twenty one season. There's a lot it's of stuff that has that to go way. in. Right. So, yeah. so I don't see, see it for twenty twenty one. And he'll survive it because of that because it and and he'll be and in some aspects he'll be looked at as what he's the one he really brought this change finally you know that's now it's about spinning the narrative so for so long he was against it we're never changing the name now how do I make it look like it's my idea and and how do I look like a great guy for being for finally saying I'm listening to the people and doing it but that's how it's going to be all his spin people and PR people they're all sitting around go okay how do we push this forward what do we do how do we make Dan Snyder look like a visionary all that stuff that's exactly what's going on right now with the Reds and and the other other part, Jason, too, is the Ron Rivera is included in that, uh, right? There's a quote from him, the coach. And it's funny, I watched a clip just the other day of Ron Rivera uh, being interviewed by NBC Washington. And he was so noncommittal and, oh, I'm not political and I don't want to get into that. And all of a sudden, you know, a few days later, now he wants to do right by the Native Americans. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's mind-boggling how people talk out of both sides of their face, out of, out of, their, uh, out of their face, because uh, the, the bottom line, and you're 100% right, it's now about spin. The same man who talked uh, and stuck out his chest and told anybody who would listen that it wouldn't happen under his watch. Those are the direct quote. He said, you can write it down to the reporters. It won't happen under my watch. And now there's a review. Now there's a review. And he's heard from everybody, and he's going to take a good look at it and do what's right for the organization. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Twitter at how about a fresca Rob at Rob Parker FS1. It is the Dan Patrick show. Jason Smith, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, so that's one big story that we're uh, following over the course of the past few minutes. Again, Adam Schefter uh, just had that as the uh, Washington Redskins put that statement out a few minutes ago. The other one comes from the Green Bay Packers who say, you know what? Uh, we're looking right now at no fans in this season 
for the NFL, as every state probably is going to be able to make their own call on fans in the stands because that's kind of how things seem to be going as far as COVID-19 goes. Each state is making their that's own decisions, and then that's how it's going. And here are the Packers saying, hey, right now it doesn't look like we're going to have fans. We've already looked at other teams saying we're ready to have fans. In Texas, they want to have fans, and in Ohio, they want to have fans. But right now, the Packers are saying no, and there's a big push around the NFL to get fans to sign waivers if they go to games saying we can't hold you responsible uh, if you get COVID-19. So you have to sign this waiver if you want to come to an NFL game. Now, Rob, I get that this is a really bad optic for the NFL because it's basically they're saying we can't guarantee your safety. And if you and, and, and you may wind up getting COVID-19 if you come to our games. But I think that's kind of obvious, first of all. And I have to think that NFL teams, you know, I, I understand the desire to say, OK, we can't have 150 lawsuits on us after one game that people are saying I went to this game and got COVID-19. So we, we have to wind up doing something about about this now could could there be a better way to do it sure but is this something that I expect all NFL teams to go through yeah they're going to have to go through something like this yeah but I I just think why even if you have to ask somebody to sign a waiver you're already telling people uh it's not safe so just not have fans baseball and the NBA are going without fans what is this need to try to get fans into a stadium and and Green Bay you know, Jason, there are no seats. You're like sitting on uh, on uh, benches, right? You're like right on top of each other. It's it's that kind of venue. So I just think take that out of the mix. Do right by the fans. Don't don't even give them an option of going. You you saw what was it? Vanilla Ice was going to have a concert or something, mm-hmm. and and the pushback was enormous. He canceled it. What? Why? Why are you doing that? Why would you? Because sometimes. We have to save people from themselves, right, by not giving them the option. That's why governors step in and say, you can't do this or you can't do that, you know, for your public safety. Otherwise, if you didn't tell people that, they would just go about their business and put themselves in harm's way. There's no need to have fans this year. Stop with the money grab. And you have the the nerve to ask people to sign away like they, they could... Uh, bring back an illness to their family and to their parents or grandparents or lose their jobs because they get sick to go to a game. I just don't understand what is that all about? Yeah, you know, uh, the NFL really is, I, I think, as far as this goes, eventually, uh, they're starting to bend on things now because for it's, it's always been full steam ahead. It's us versus the coronavirus. Like, we have a sword and a shield, and we're going to kill this dragon. And they're understanding that, okay, COVID-19 has other plans. Uh, they're going to need to come with, with something because up until a couple weeks ago, I thought they'd be able to do this. I thought, hey, we're going to have fans in the stands, maybe not full capacity, but could we have 20% capacity and fans sit every five seats from each other, maintain social distancing? Yeah, we can do that easy. We're, we're, we're about that. And now we're not. As we've seen the last two weeks, not only with the coronavirus cases uh, going up, you see there's many states and many people who don't want to wear masks because they feel their freedom is threatened. And meanwhile, wearing masks is just a way to keep everybody safe. And so there's no way you're going to get people going to a game that's going to make everybody be safe where everybody is wearing masks. Now, unless the NFL says if you come to games, you got to wear masks. And do they want to get in that kind of controversy as well? Because it's clear that we're not going 
to be able to uh, come to one agreement of everybody wearing a mask going to a, a football game. There's going to be people saying, I don't care about this. I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't feel like I have to. And, and you can't have those two sides uh, together in that kind of atmosphere because that, that, all that lends itself to is, is controversy and hopefully you know, not illness. But that, that's not, no longer tenable. Up until two weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, I think we could do it, Rob. But now I think, you know, we can't. We're just, we're just not at that point in the country. We're going to do it, and and to have to to think about having fans uh, in a span of ten days. It went from this is going to happen to now. I I don't know that you can do it that way. Yeah, I I just I think it's so strange to even put that out there, especially as I said, the two sports that are starting saying that they're not going to do it, and then they were trying to come up with fifty percent capacity and all kinds of other things and space people out. I just think that this this is a, we're just going to take a mulligan. We're going to try to get some games on Jason on television, right? For people to be able to watch at home and try to stay safe. And then next year, you know, that we got a vaccine, uh, you know, the the the, the virus uh, subsides and we can kind of get back to life as normal and going to games and going to concerts and going to Broadway shows and movies. And all those different things, but for right now, I don't. I don't think it's necessary. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Rob at Rob Parker FS1. It is the Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes off today. Jason and Rob are in for them. Uh, coming up next, as it is July Fourth Eve, we're going to have a much different Fourth of July weekend than we've ever had before, and. That extends to the hot dog eating contest as we could see records being set. Wait till you see why. That's coming up next right here on Fox. Over 50 years ago, two men with a passion for motorsport and engineer began building race engines in an old abandoned mill. They saw an opportunity on every wide open road and an invitation in every curve. It was a chance to push the envelope and break all the rules. It was a chance to prove that a two-ton family sedan could have the performance to compete in a 24-hour track race. But shocking the competition and building a reputation wasn't enough. Their vision was to expand upon the excellence they had created. This engineering company continued to validate their belief by putting race car engines in luxury sedans and proceeded to stun the elite in world motor racing by winning and winning and winning. We may never truly understand what drives Mercedes AMG to break barriers along with every record in the book, but here's to allowing us to enjoy the results. Learn more at mbusa.com slash AMG. That's mbusa.com slash AMG. Mercedes AMG driving performance fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live fox sports radio the dan patrick show dan and the danettes off today jason smith rob parker in for them as we get set for a Fourth of July weekend that really none of us have had you know we went through memorial day weekend and that was different. Now, Fourth of July is going to be even more different. As we're going to be used, as we're used to fireworks and barbecues and cookouts and everything else. And please, if you do one of those this weekend, do it smartly. Social distance. We need to continue to stop the spread of COVID nineteen. A hundred percent, Jason. Before we get to the hot dogs and yeah. what's going on, I do want to say this. Got a text from uh, uh, my old boss, who is a huge Redskins fan, Aaron okay. Spielberg. And he, you know, he's one of these guys, lifelong fan or whatever. 
and said it's without question, you know, time for a change. And here's the big question that's going to go forward, and this is a good one, is what the new name will be. And the one that he says it shouldn't be is Skins. Like, that shouldn't be the name. And it'll be interesting to see what they come up with and how much fun fans have with trying to rename the team. I think they should open it up to let the fans do it. What do you think? Yeah, you, you can't just say, "Oh, it's going to be skins," because that still alludes to the to the past, right? And and you know, so you, so you can't. It's got to be something completely new, and it. But it also needs to be cool. So if you allow the fans to do it, they're going to come up with something crazy because, you know, that's what's going to wind up getting all the votes. Oh, here are the five finalists. And the answers are isotopes. And the answers, you know, it's going to be crazy. But if you come up with something that is going to be that you can that, that you can both it's like, like come up with a new uniform. If you can pay an homage to the past while also freshing it up for the yes, future, that's where you should that's where you should you, you should come from. And if you can find something else that does that, that's the right thing. It's not just let's find it's the Rockets or it's gonna be the you know, whatever. It's gonna be the Grizzly Bears. No, you've got to find something what's part of our past that we can have now that goes into our future that's about the city going forward, you're gonna wind up with a pretty good name that people are gonna gonna like no i'm I'm with you on that and jason are you barbecuing this weekend or what are you guys doing oh the family we are going to have a social distance get together with uh two friends and their and their uh child who's always friends with and uh we've already planned out being able because we've done this before having social distance get together so we pretty much have it down and it's really about limiting the people you know you know don't go where there's a bunch of people and there's you know that you can kind of limit the interaction and you can still have fun and still do it responsibly because look what we saw memorial day weekend i think people just went a little bit too crazy right and they they did do it safely enough Yeah, look, here in California, Governor Gavin Newsom says that he can trace the big uptick in California, which was doing great for a long time, back to Memorial Day weekend, where where nothing was done to, to the, with the protection needed possible to go forward. So that's why it's like, okay, if you're going to do it, do it smartly. It's not that you can't do it. It's just you got to be smart doing it. And, and there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to plan that way. Well, what about you? What do you got going on? Nothing major, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, obviously, you know, it's a holiday because I'm working today, a little double duty. Are you working tonight or no? Just- uh, no, tonight I'm off. Okay, and, very nice. Uh, well, I'll be we're- doing the odd couple from 7 to 10 Eastern with Chris Broussard. Uh, and then the weekend really laying low. I'm hoping that maybe I get invited to somebody's barbecue so I can relive my uh youth when I was 12 years old and I ate 12 hot dogs at a barbecue. I don't know if I could do that anymore. No, that's tough. When you, were, when you were younger, you could do that. Like, I remember waking up going to bre- having breakfast and my mom would say, what'd you eat for breakfast? I had three full bagels. You, know, wow. just, you could do that when you're 10 years old. I'm just going to keep eating bagels because I'm Do you remember when White Castles were hamburgers were like 10 cents or something or something like that. And we used to go with $3 and just get a sack of burgers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it was no tomorrow. $3, yeah. you, you could get 15 burgers and a drink and fries. Yeah, you would eat lunch, go play, and then yep. like four hours later have more hamburgers. That's <laughs> it how it would great. go. Uh, but we could actually see, speaking of hot dogs, we could actually see a record at the hot dog eating contest because, look, there's great headlines and there's this headline. Joey Chestnut, who has won 12 times now, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, because they're having it at a nearby indoor facility because you can't have it at Coney Island, he says the eating conditions are ripe for a record. 
because eating in a controlled, cooler environment is going to be better than sweating your ass off and you know in a hundred degree heat at, at Coney Island. So because the eating conditions, Rob Parker, I never thought about this. The eating conditions, we could see a new record. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm not. I'm not into the record because you still have to dip the hot dogs in water. So I'll pass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. You don't dip the hot dog. It's just the bun you have to dip. Well, in the water. but the hot dog is on the bun. You it's know. A- <laughs> <laughs> For Rob, I'm Jason. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Rob at Rob Parker FS1. Happy weekend. Collins next.